0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Applied Botanics, the leader in premium, consistent, and affordable CBD products. So happy to have them as a sponsor of this podcast because for me and many other people, their CBD oils work. And what's cool about Applied Botanics is that their CBD isn't one size fits all. They have five different products, comfort, focus, recovery, tranquility, and vitality that are targeted to certain health issues like stress Sleep and pain relief. Listeners of this podcast will receive 30% off their first order with code word popgo project at checkout at appliedbotanics.com. And that's on top of their already low price, which is nearly half the price of other brands because they feel that using CBD products should not require a payment plan. Applied Botanics live happy and healthy. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Keller's Lawn Care Landscaping and Garden Center. I have been using Keller's services for over three years now. So again, a service that I use and stand behind. It is a family-owned business who recently expanded to a new location in Exeter, Pennsylvania to provide you with a garden center as well. Let them assist you with landscape design and installation, mulch, rock, plants, trees, mowing, edging, pruning, trimming, You name it, if it's in your lawn, Keller's has you covered. Visit them online on their social media pages for more information. My guest today spent the last 15 months making sacrifices and having his patients tested as he and his team navigated running a restaurant during a worldwide pandemic. Through constant unknowns and shutdowns to even now experiencing staffing issues, the bar restaurant still stands ready to push past all the struggles and into the future. We talk about how he got into cooking, his travels from Northeastern Pennsylvania to Boston and back to NEPA to run Bar Pazzo, which recently just celebrated their fifth year in business. We get into what makes Bar Pazzo so special, what you can expect from them moving forward, virtual and in-person cooking classes that he hosts, his experience as a first level sommelier and more. Welcome to the show, John Tabone, co-owner and executive chef at Bar Pazzo, an authentic, rustic Italian bar-restaurant located in downtown Scranton, Pennsylvania. And we're live. Welcome, John Tabone. Is that how you say it? Tabone, yeah. Tabone, okay, I got it right. And John is the uh, co-owner and executive chef at Bar Pazzo, a fantastic restaurant in downtown Scranton, Pennsylvania, and uh, I'm very honored for you to be part of the show tonight. So thank you, for, uh, first and foremost, for uh, doing this with me. Absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah, well, cheers. Yeah, It's good to be here. Yeah, Cheers. I wasn't. I wasn't going oh. to drink tonight, but I mean, I felt like it would be disrespectful to you. Um, and we'll get uh, more- a little vino. A
1: little vino. Why not?
0: I'll explain why that that I said that a little bit later on because I found out a little bit, of tidbit of information about you uh, yesterday or today uh, that I had to look up because I was unfamiliar with the, the term. But we'll get into that. But so, what's going For on? Sure. You're in the restaurant, I see it. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, low-key. I got Keith up here,
1: Keith Burks helping me uh, on the tech end of things. Um, Good guy to have. have. Great guy to have. Um, Right now, we're Wednesday through Saturday for service, so it's the first time in my tenure of cooking that I've had three days off in a row. Well, three days off from cooking, so it's a little bit different, you know, but I think a lot of people have a lot of different things going on post-pandemic, especially in restaurant industry, for sure.
0: Yeah, I kind of wanted to um, kind of start from the beginning of your, of your time in the restaurant business to, to now. But I, I feel like we should probably just get into, you know, the current stage of, of Bar Pazzo. I mean, we're like, what, 15 months? Just about. Endemic. Yeah, Endemic. So obviously restaurants suffered greatly uh, during the pandemic we're finally seeing a light at the end of the tunnel but with with that you're, you're facing new challenges that I'm sure you probably never thought you'd face and that being um, you know finding it difficult to hire new people uh, which in, enables you to you know fully function your your restaurant and bar and allow you to be open six or seven days a week and now you just said that you're you know you're operating from Wednesday to, to Saturday so I mean yeah a little is, bit of yeah, talk 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 about this, talk about the, the whole the whole thing. Like I was saying,
1: so we're right now Wednesday through Saturday, um, dinner only, four to nine, and then Friday and Saturday, four until ten. So it's like a skeleton schedule based on where we were at prior. We were initially seven days here. Once we got up and running and worked worked the kinks out, we were you know Monday through Friday lunch and dinner and not even closing in between like 11 in the morning right till 10 at night and this is a you know this is a unique place um, based on the concept and also the location so with that being said you always have business at 11 a.m and you always have business until 10 p.m. it's one of those we're the type of restaurant neighborhood restaurant where people are calling for takeout early they're thinking about what they're having. For lunch at already say ten thirty in the morning. Uh, so my point is, it's it's busy um, from that Monday and through Friday, eleven in the morning till ten at night, and then Friday and Saturday staying open till eleven, trying to capture you know maybe people that are getting out of a show or something like that, or you know we have forty some I believe it is apartments above us. oh i wow. you know, Like to, yeah, like to utilize the restaurant for takeout. Then we added uh, Saturday dinners which was four to close. And then we started to add Sunday brunch, which was 11 to three. So that was where the work week was. I mean, it's a beast to fill that schedule from a standpoint of not only cooks, but, you know, front of the house service staff as well. So that's where we were kind of, you know, humming. We had a lot of momentum. And then once once the shutdown happened, boom, it was it was, it's not the type of place where you could just come in and like, I could come in with say, you know, one of my kids and just make pizzas. It's not, you know, and I would get text messages or emails all the time. Like when are you guys going to open for takeout? It takes a lot to open bar positive. I mean, it's, you know, we have a wood fired oven uh, to maintain, which is not a one man operation. Uh, Obviously if you're going to open for takeout, you need somebody on the phones all the time. You need people running who to, uh, you know, to the curb. you uh, need someone for packaging. you need someone ringing in orders. So it's, when we finally got open for takeout, it was like a seven-person team to, uh, to make that happen. So, you know, then, you know, at, we were shut down like cold without anything for, I believe, had a, it felt like three months, maybe more realistically, two and a half months. And then once we got, you know, that uh, that PPP money where we were able to staff, takeout team and then starting to, you know, gradually, you know, learn in new ways. Um, and yet, you know, there is, you know, there's no rule book for it. So you're just learning as you go. Um, mm-hmm. it, and it's all the, it was all the restaurants downtown. as well. Some, some of the restaurants didn't, didn't close. They just kind of powered through because of the nature of their concept. But this concept, it couldn't just be me standing in here doing takeout. It, it was a, it was a full functional team both front and back to organize a system to be able to service to take out uh, the right way um, sure. properly uh, then we you know we you know you know the timeline we, we were able to reopen I think it was 50 percent and it was back to 25 percent and it was shut down again for a little bit around the holidays so it's been you know a lot of speed bumps but um, uh, we were you know we're navigating it you know taking it taking it day to day and trying to figure it out but yeah to the the new challenges now, um, that it seems more people that are vaccinated, more people are coming out, more normal it feels. Barpazo, so depressed for such a long time, it just felt like not the same. You know, we're such a fun, energetic. Um, you know, it's loud in here, there's a lot of people in here having fun, waiting for tables, you know, interacting with each other. And then boom, you're twenty five percent. It's like like a ghost town here. It just felt so different. But Uh, we're starting to feel normal again. And to answer your question, yeah, there's a lot of new challenges. With you know the labor shortage being the number one challenge, and I think that's all industries to be honest. I mean, when's the last time you walked into you know a grocery store, wine store, or even you know random billboards? Seems like maybe I'm just more aware of it, but it just seems like everybody's asking for help, like looking for help. You know, a lot of things that play into that for sure.
0: Yeah, everyone. It, it literally everywhere is asking for help. And you know, it, it's I was at the um the Pittston Diner for like a like a like a brunch type thing with my wife and my son and um <clears throat> on a Sunday and first of all, we waited for a while, which is fine. I mean I I, I used to work in a restaurant, I get it yeah. in the service industry to an extent, you know, not you know, serving food, but you know, I've been in sales for a long time and things like that. So um, you know, it, it was, so we waited a while, we finally sat down and the service wasn't terrible, which was just very slow. And the guy said, like, there's only two of us on, so please be patient. Yeah. And, which is, I get it, it. I get it, man. I'm not, I'm not here to, 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 you know, bust his balls by any means, but it almost was at the point where it wasn't worth being out eating, eating out because of just how long it took for everything. Um, which is sad. Yeah, I mean that's the challenge for operators,
1: is where where's the line drawn? Like where do you start sacrificing standards, your product just to be open? Right. Well, like right now, for example, we would normally have our outside dining set up already for probably five, six weeks and can't set it up, can't service it. Which is, you know, it's a shame because you know that's a fun section for not only someone to work it, but obviously people that, you know, they love sitting out there and, you know, especially on a nice summer day, sipping on a nice glass of rosé, having a nice, having a margarita pizza. It's, it's a cool spot, but yeah. we, right, for me to open that, I'm I'm not doing the, the business any kind of justice just because it's, we're not going to be able to service it the way we normally would service it. So it's not even worth sacrificing standards of, you know, our, our systems or our products. So, um, that's been the biggest challenge. Also, there's some nights where you have to control reservations where, you know, you can only seat so many in a certain amount of time because I don't want someone to come in here and have the experience of a, a, a subpar, mediocre experience. Right. You know, we we at Bar Pazzo have, you know, have such a strong commitment to service that, that that's, that's so important um, in this industry. You know, the food is the food, right, but you know yourself, you're going to go where, you know, you feel very welcome. The hospitality is great. Um, they're the places you're going to go back to. And that's, that's, that's the mission statement. You know, so It's been a challenge, but you know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that plays into that. You know, the COVID definitely made people think differently. You know, there's, I know three chefs right now that are super talented, can definitely run their own kitchens um, at any level. And they're, there, these three individuals are now not even in the industry. They took that time off, and maybe explored a college degree that they didn't finish, or you know, look looked into something else, switch career paths.
0: Yeah, and,
1: you know that's just one example. You know, and same thing with front of front of the house servers. You know, maybe they decided, you know, to look into something else or move to a different area. You know, everybody's different. You know, so, but. The, the climate right now is, is it's, we're just kind of waiting. We're waiting for, you know, we had a job fair. We're kind of waiting for a couple new people to get up to speed. And, you know, kind of, like I said, it's a day-to-day thing
0: and, you know, we're, we're, we're here, we're, we're doing it, we're giving it our all. So was there ever a moment during the past 15 months where you thought yourself like, Hey, maybe this is, this is never going to turn around and maybe I'll never be able to open that restaurant again, or maybe I won't be able to, you know, be as passionate and, and about it again. And, and, you know, have the same experiences you, you, you built everything on. Like, I mean, what, what was going through your head yeah. the whole time?
1: No, honestly, for sure. You know um, at this point in my life, you know, I feel with the experiences that I have under my belt, like you feel like, all right, you just could kind of make the adjustments, you know, where you could sit, like maybe take a step back from the emotion. But um, yeah, when, when something like that happens, I mean, and you know, you're, you're constantly watching the news and you're looking, you're trying to navigate, you know, that your next move. Um, yeah, it does enter your mind, like, or what's going to be next. And then when you do come back and you're like putting craft food in a box, and it's like, wait a minute, hey, fuck it this just doesn't belong here yeah i mean yeah like this is a i'm not you know my you know you want to say passion but you know this this is not what i'm supposed to be doing but you know you do what you have to do um just in kind of like i said take a step back take try to not get as emotional and just kind of see what see what you know see how it plays out you know and you know we're we're pretty fortunate here we have a you know we have five years under our belt so we have a great following um, we have great clientele here, you know. we you know, we're in a great situation with a great landlord. Uh, so could we kind of work together um, to see it through a little bit, you know, which is important. A lot of restaurants that didn't have that support aren't here now, you know, and they're and I'm in restaurants that you would never see, you know, advertising for you know line cooks or you know, you know, sommelier. now are advertising for that, which is kind of makes you wonder where what direction we're going in the industry, for sure there's some unknown out there sure
0: and i feel like uh bar pazzo was you said you're just just celebrated five years but i feel like right before the pandemic and i feel like this happened was with a lot of different people i mean it was definitely um you know i was getting ready for you know my best year uh in my career at the time Uh, Mm -hmm. i was planning for 2020 to be you know my biggest year yet uh as far as the sales career goes and uh, with your neighbors down the street at rock 107 and the time shamrock crew um but i feel like bar pazzo was kind of like at that level too like they were kind of yes. like the name was out there more you know. yes um and i'm not sure i think keith has been with you guys for almost a year maybe a little bit longer but like um i just feel like bar Pazo was like full steam ahead and, and, and full like, steam ahead and relevant
1: and always doing we're doing fun things and exactly you know, just embracing the community and yeah, and it was just like, here we are, and it boom, kicked off the ladder.
0: You know? yeah.
1: now, now we're trying to, you know, obviously you learn from different things, but, you know, slowly kind of get back to uh, somewhat normal um, yeah. and, and try to continue, try to maybe capture some of that momentum from 15 months ago and channel it, and, you know, and, and get some new people in. And, and that's a challenge here too. Like it's the type of restaurant where somebody new comes in and it's not like they hit the ground running. There's, there's, I, I say it, there's 30 days minimum. If they're, if they're focused, um, if they're, you know, ambitious and they have experience, it's about a 30 day window to get somebody ready to represent what we do. Right. Between le- learning the space, learning the wine, the food, the culture, the people. There's a, That takes about 30 days minimum. Yeah. yeah. You know? So it's not something you just. Man, and be like, oh, I have experience. I know how to. Oh, I know this computer system, and then you're, you're waiting at tables. Yeah, it's the, that's not the case, and it's a misconception because in our industry and in the restaurant industry, there's a lot of discredit to you know kind of what goes into some of the things that have to happen to
0: make for a fulfilled dining experience. Sure. Absolutely, there's a lot of knowledge, especially in a restaurant like yours. You're not yeah. you're not just putting burgers together or flipping burgers on a grill. No,
1: no. There's, there's 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 so much. Yeah, there's so much intricate, uh, you know, even the length, some of the wording on the menu could be very foreign and intimidating yeah, to the customer. So, you know, if you I don't have, yeah. So if you, if you come in and, you know, you, you know, you rip off a question to your server and they don't know, then you're like, what the hell's going on here? What, yeah. you know, they don't have their act together. So, yeah.
0: I'm the guy that goes, I'll, I'll have, I'll have this. Yeah. <laughs> is this good? Is this any good? Yeah. <laughs> What's in this? I can't say. What is it? Yeah. Oh, man. But I mean there's an old saying, only a strong survive, right? And I'm I'm confident that, you know, you are and your staff there are, are gonna come through this. Um I, I mean at this point you have to. You've you've come too far at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean I feel like at this point now we're just trying to, you know, you know, pick up the pieces a little bit and and you know, get a get a game plan together. And like I said, a day to day thing. And you know we're we're lucky. I mean, we're open Wednesday through Saturday, and it's hard to get a table in here. You know, so, you know, we're, we're, we're very fortunate to have that kind of support system, you know, within the community. So it's, it's, you know, it's great. And, and, you know, some of my staff that have been here since the beginning and some of the cooks that have been with me since like when we reopened, I mean, these are guys that could have jumped ship or could have went and, you know, collected unemployment and, but no, they hung in there and I have a good core of, uh, loyal, uh, Barpazo believers, if you will, that have really helped, you know, pull this train down the tracks during these tough times.
0: Yeah. And let's talk about how this all started because obviously you're not, um, you're not in business for five years and, you know, still open through a pandemic uh, because you're lucky. Um, th- there's a lot that went into your life um, leading up to this moment. Um, how did, how did John Tabone? how did he start? How did you, how did you go from, I don't know, uh, a kid in high school to an executive chef uh, slash co-owner of a restaurant like this. And I'm sure you've had a lot of stops along the way. I'm I'm curious to hear hear those stories.
1: Well, the main thing is I I feel that I I gravitated towards this because of my first job right out of high school. So I was going to food production and management classes that at the time I feel – that's when like the whole Emerald Lagasse thing was going on. I remember, like I, I mm-hmm. think I'm a little bit older than you. Um, we're talking early nineties and food network was starting to be a thing, you know, and it's obviously not what it is today. Food network then was, you know, cooking shows and right. you know, chefs that were teaching you technique. Um, but that, you know, was kind of intriguing and, you no, know, Emerald was kind of a polarizing figure. You know, he kept you watching, right? So, um, you know, decided you know really didn't want to play sports after high school. Kind of, you know, we me and my brothers and sisters. You know, we come, you know, middle class family. And we always worked, so you know, it made sense to like explore maybe a trade. You know, so kind of went down the the road of taking some food production classes, hospitality classes. And that, to be honest with you, it was very confusing. You know, think about from a standpoint of maybe going to trade school, like, for example, to be an electrician. You never grew up being an electrician. Probably confused you. Right? Right. And that's kind of where I was, you know, because culinary is there's such a, there's such a French background with a lot of the, a lot of the fundamental terms that if you, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm growing up in Pittston. I never heard words. So, you know, it just, you know, more or less confused me. But I was, in the short of it, I was lucky to get in a a position as they called it a culinary apprentice, but it was really a a, a disguise for a dishwasher. (laughs) Yeah. So I got the the culinary apprentice slash dishwasher position at Celestino's at the time. And we're talking 94 and Celestino's was probably the premier restaurant in Luzerne County at the time. Um, They just recently remodeled. Um, they had a, they had a, they committed to a chef. His name is Chef Zaner. He they brought him from Sabre Room, which was another, I guess, iconic destination restaurant in the barre and down in the late eighties. Um, so they had a, they, they, they had a commitment there to, you know, commitment to the wine program a commitment to service. I mean, they had people in tuxedos and DuPont, you know, parking in your car, you know, and, and it was really something to be involved with some. And to See that, um, even from the standpoint of a dishwasher, just getting my foot in the door, and seeing this is how a real restaurant operates. You know, from the nuts and bolts, taking a step back and observing. And intriguingly, was the, the 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 teamwork aspect. You know, growing up in sports and um, being involved with you know team sports my whole life. You know, there's you know there's there's something to be said for that. Um, accomplishment as a team. So I think gravitating towards that and seeing something like that um, do so well. And Celestino's was always getting written up for, you know, great, great uh, reviews. And at the time, I think Times-Leader did this like unknown restaurant review and they'd always get great reviews. It was nice to be part of something like that. So it's kind of my introduction to it, you know? And then from there, um, just, you know, continuing to, you know, just, you know, I'm a very self-motivated person, you know, like i very judgmental of myself, on, you know, on a daily basis and wanting to get better all the time. And um, really, you know, in a professional kitchen, you're only as strong as your weakest link, you know. So, you know, be it, you don't want to be that, but you also want to help your, 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 your line, your fellow line mates out, you know, and be involved with something like that, that had that kind of a brigade, type, you know, you know, we're rugged people. and. Committed to doing this together as a team gravitated towards that. And, and um, I was lucky to have Chef Zainer as like, you know, this, he was, you know, he's certified executive chef. So there's a whole nother level there of his certifications um, that, you know, really instilled as for me, right out of high school, these fundamentals and would call you out if you didn't practice. them. So that's, that was such a good foundation for somebody who was just wanted to work hard. And learn. So, and I feel very fortunate for that, especially the, the other teammates that we had there, you know, that would really take the time and teach technique and, and, and teach it right, you know, and now looking back on some of those things that we were doing back then, you know, it's pretty ahead of its time for, for this area. for Sure. Yeah. So that, that's kind of like the, the birth of it. You know, that's the start of it.
0: That's Was that where you kind of found a passion for it? It's like, this, yeah, like, this yeah, is what exactly. I want to do for yeah. forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways you can look at passion, you know, um, but it, it, passion. It's desire, right? It's uncontrollable right. kind of desire, but it also taught you commitment, you know, and sacrifice, you know, there was no, back then there was no pulling punches. I mean, they, there was no, <laughs> you got, I mean, obviously things change a lot in years in every industry. but I feel, you know, talking 25 plus years ago, Things were handled different in the kitchen, you know, uh, professionals. And I'm not saying it wasn't professional, but, you know, just the way you talk to each other, the way you conduct yourself. Like it was, it was, right. it's hard. It was hardcore. Now yeah. you, you, me as an owner, I let something rip out of my mouth. Guess what? This place gets shut down. So you got to <laughs> be careful. You know, the stuff that was allowed is not allowed. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Like, like there's, you know, you were called out. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was. Learning the sacrifice, uh, nights, holidays, weekends. Uh, there's commitment. You know, mm-hmm. you could be the best cook in the world, but if you don't have the mental toughness to deal with that, you know, you're, you're, you know, that's, that's what I try to, you know, with with this like the next generation going forward, and all the chefs are trying to do this is look like, okay, at, this isn't the ninth early 1990s. There there has to be a quality life. You need to have a life. Back then, it was you wake up in the morning, you go to work, you know, like you're on the schedule from ten in the morning till close. Like, I mean, midnight. It's a busy night. So. Yeah, you know, there's, you know, there's, yeah, you, you want to say, oh yeah, I, you know, come from a generation where yeah, we knew how to work, you know, but that's not healthy. you know No, you you're to, right. You're you know, right. You have you have to, you know, there's a reason why these adjustments, work, you know, and you know, there's you, you know, there has to be some sort of, you know. There has to be some sort of not only integrity, but there has to be some sort of you know. I always say it's a marathon; not a race. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, and and I mean, did you? You were fr- you're from here, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I grew up in Pittston. Right in okay. Pittston. Now, did you go anywhere else? To, and 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 uh, I did. Well, out
1: of yeah, out of Celestinos. Um, is where I met my ex-wife. We, we She was an intern there from the Culinary Institute. Um, and she, you know, came there to work uh, for her, yeah, the Culinary Institute of America does, I believe it's a six month intern. So she, she came there and I didn't know her, but um, there was a connection there as far as work ethic. And, you know, professional and um, she went back to culinary. Then when her family, decided to buy a local restaurant in the area. It was called Cafe Nino, right? It, it's currently Isabella. So if you know, kind of adjacent to the woodlands there. Yeah. Prior, prior to Isabella, um, it was k Medici. So her family bought this Cafe Nino space and wanted to operate it as K Medici. And her um, relationship with me, um, she reached out to me and said, oh, do you want to cook here? And I was on the fence with it because I was only 21. You know, I was twenty one years old. So, you know, I was on the fence about, you know, going to culinary. I wanted to go to the culinary. I had enough industry hours to go there. Um, but sure enough, I ended up putting the culinary off. I figured I'll do a year here, bank some more money, and and be able to, you know, have a better situation when I do go up there. But that never happened. <laughs> so K Medici lasted I believe it was five years at that location and, um, you know, got to, you know, make some great relationships with great people. And, um, but there was never anybody pushing. Uh, I was in charge. So I had to push myself. So, um, she being a culinary grad from the CIA had all these rubber made totes of all the textbooks. She took amazing notes. So I inherited that. I basically exhausted myself and read all of that, absorbed all of those notes, and all of that uh, culinary history, uh, especially European food, um, Italian food, French food. Um, you know, and just trying to apply that to my day to day and and uh, continue to push myself. And, you know, we're talking pretty high speed internet too. So <laughs> we're talking a lot of the afternoons spent at, you know, Walden books, you know, reading cookbooks, like just being really obsessed with with uh, culinary art, and and so our lease was up there. Decided to build a new newer space, which is now Pazzo. So Pazzo 315 was formerly the new K Medici, right? So it's full circle. Sammy and Kareen, who are the operators at Pazzo, or are my partners here? So Pazzo was was bought by the Aglino family uh, from K Medici. And at that point is um, I went up to Boston for a year. I wanted to kind of you know see something outside the area and first, I was thinking Chicago and it was just a little bit too far. Um, my son was my first son was just born, so um, we went up there. Uh, I knew some people up there um, and it was a very humbling experience to be honest, because like I said, I was pretty much you know, I knew how to cook what I knew how to cook, but mostly self-taught, but had this, you know, this, this education, my self-taught education, CIA education under my belt. But prior to that, it was Celestinos and just basic fundamentals. Um, so going to Boston was, yeah, it was a little bit humbling because I mean, now you're in a big market, you know, there's a lot of great, you know, a lot of great cooks, a lot of guys that, you know, working, working hard is just, you know, that's a given. Everybody's working hard. Um, a lot more competition, a lot more, you know, better restaurants, more diverse restaurants. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it really puts it in perspective of like, oh, you know, yeah, I might know how to make food taste good, but do I really know how to cook like this? Right, it forces you back to the drawing board. So yeah, I, I if I didn't go up there, I probably would it wouldn't have been able to get through the Glen Mara job. I was at Glen Mara for ten years. I don't think I would have been able to manage that from not only a culinary standpoint, but a professional standpoint, you know, um, cause I mean, that's, that's a different ball game, you know, like you have to wear a lot of different hats at a private club. Um, you're involved with, you know, you're very involved with the back end and the numbers part of the things you're doing, you're doing a ton of banquets, weddings. I mean, you could, social events, you know, all this, you know, I had zero experience, in, except for knowing how to make food taste good. Um, a lot of ambition and willing to put, you know, willing to learn as I go, and really, you know, put my best foot forward and, and work as hard as I can. You know, it was, but that that would that experience in Boston really prepped me for that position at Glenmar because the cook up there in in you know the restaurant I cooked at mostly was. The name was uh, Grill 23 and Bar. It's in the Boston Back Bay section. And that restaurant has two kitchens, actually three kitchens, two floors of dining. And um, it's a machine. And to be on a station there, you know, it's, it's all out. You know, you're, you're dealing with numbers. You're doing maybe 450, 500 people on a Saturday night. So, you know, getting through that experience and learning what I learned, working with some great, great people um, hardworking people, then coming back here and then taking the Glen Mara job and, uh, really, really helped me with being able mentally have the mental toughness to, to uh,
0: you know, figure things out. Well, I, I always say good things happen in Boston. Uh, I'm a big yeah. uh, Boston fan, big fan of the city. Yeah, great uh, yeah, I love it there. I love the Red Sox. Um, I've missed my uh, annual trip the last two years because of the COVID and uh, I'm going to afford to get back. But that's cool. I mean, you you moved out of the area, you kind of experienced some different things and saw a different perspective, so to speak. Um, And then were you there and got a call from someone back home and said, hey, like we have a. Well, I think I think it was just, you
1: know, um, having a young child up there. Um, and being from there's, I mean, say what you want, but you know yourself, there's something nostalgic about this area, you know. And and you know, going up there and and um, you know, trying to navigate, you know, where I was working not only there, but I was working another kitchen, um, so pretty much no days off, you know, just the, the cost of living up there is brutal, um, especially when you're taking a, a, a newborn with you, you know, like the yeah. you know, so um. Yeah, eventually it was just one of those things where I think the best decision was just to come back around family, um, Not, you know, for you know financial reasons, uh, things of that nature. And at the time, um, Chef Zayner, who we spoke about earlier, was on the the committee to hire a chef, uh, Glen Uh They were at a crossroads. They were thinking about, um, at the time, I think they were thinking about like sub subbing out their culinary program. That's because they were just having no luck with. Uh, um, that, that, that program there. So he reached out to me and said, would you interview for this job? And I said, yeah, why not? I'll interview for the job. At the time, I wasn't looking to jump back into something too crazy. But I know at the time, I didn't really want to try to open up my own place. Um, so I thought this might be something I could, you know, do something like this for two, three years and get get behind something, really be proud of something. And a lot of the clientele there were, you know, customers that you get to know through the years at Medici, even, you know, at Celestino's, um, to be honest. So I uh, ended up taking the job and, you know, ended up staying there 10, 10 years, which is way past the country <laughs> country club chef lifespan. But, you know you, you know, you hit some roadblocks in life. And, you know, if you remember, I think it was 07 or 08, we were... We were uh, we were on gangbuster uh, tear. I mean, the whole management team there. Um, we were you know we were we were on a tear. We we financially turned the club around, um, not only from the clubhouse standpoint, from the golf golf course standpoint. Great great professional mindset. Great great board of directors. And you know I think it was like oh seven or 08 when that whole economy thing boom just you know and then it just like set everybody back. Like honestly, especially like food Service, it put people back probably a couple of years, you know. With you know, no one was given any raises, there was a freeze on all that kind of thing, and, and you know, bonuses were kind of froze up. And you know, you were just holding on to your job at that, you know, from the standpoint of the, the food service and clubs. I mean, that's even you know, that's even a whole nother layer when you're thinking of a private club. I mean, if you're gonna cut back in your personal life that's probably the first thing you're going to cut out if you're making ends meet is in a luxury country club membership. You know what I mean? So, you know, so they were nervous at the time and, you know, all the department heads were a little bit nervous because, you know, we, you know, we all had families and you, know, you didn't know, there was a lot of unknown. So, yeah, I mean, you know, coming, you when know, it brings us to, it was like 2014 uh, Sammy Aguilino approached me and he said, hey, let Hey, let's have a conversation. And he had this vision of having a restaurant in Scranton. That's kind of the birth of our conversations between each other. It was kind of the birth of our positive concept. You know, that's, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, he had this vision of wood-fired ovens. And, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Italy in New York City. Um, it's a whole Mecca for Italian food. So he were, kind of wanted to go there and sit down. And, Soak it all in. We could, we could do something special in Scranton. Um, Sam's philosophy was, you know if Scranton's the closest thing we have to a big market here. We both have families. Um, very community-driven. Uh, Scranton is. Um, you know, people really like people from Scranton. Really love being from Scranton. Um, but we also understood the last thing this area needs is another Italian American. You know, I didn't want to be involved something like that you know and you know going the back and forths and you know trying to figure out what our concept was going to be for me I wanted I wanted to be you know I wanted to have that creative outlet to do my food you know I understood what it was like to cook for country club members and you really think about a country club restaurant that's basically an extension of their of their home so they are my point is, you're not going to really um, experiment your culinary talents on, you know, on, uh, country club members that are just going there because they know it's maybe meatloaf night. Sure, you know what I'm trying to say. Yep, absolutely. And, and um, so I want—I didn't want it to be something like that, but I also didn't want it to be, you know, something like a, like a cookie cutter. You know, here's our, here's our chicken marsala, and here's you know here's our but there's nothing wrong with that but I'm you know like a cookie cutter type italian american restaurant and there's nothing wrong with that you know people love that in area. i didn't want to get behind something i wanted to do something different um, you know and that's when we decided to think about you know the wood fired ovens you know that's the you, you know when you think about putting a business plan together like what what is going to make what's the focal point what's going to make people really want to come there like what's going to be different what's special right so you know, that was one of the things that we wanted to really focus on was having, wood, you know, wood-fired ovens from Italy. other thing was the gelato program, you know, buying the equipment to make our own gelato. No one's really doing that. Um, you know, having a all 100% Italian wine list of organic wines uh, and winemakers that we know these people, you know, having relationships with. So we thought we could, take those three things and really formulate a business plan um, then you know creating something from from a, from a standpoint of all right we want to service all walks of life and I'm so proud of that that we've created that because to me that's that's the most important thing. I have somebody come in with their 85 year old grandmother for her birthday and then the next night you have, In the same room, you have a sweet sixteen, and then next week you have a group of, you know, maybe twelve guys are on their way out to have a bachelor party. Like people like coming here. There's no discrimination. We have, you know, we certainly captured a restaurant where you could come in here in a in a a suit, drink a bottle of Amarone. You could come here after yoga, sweaty, you know, baseball hat, eat a pizza at the bar. So you know that was the most important thing for me to. Able to have a place where all my friends could come and enjoy it exciting atmosphere. That's why I was saying before, um, when coming back out of the pandemic, it was just so depressed. You know, like I didn't want to be in the building. Yeah. Like, oh man, and it was just you know to know what it was, and then to come in here and you know people are masked up and who's you know just spread out and you know there was so much unknown and there's you know there still really is, but there's just you know so. Everybody was a nervous wreck, you know, and it's like, well, why am I even doing this? Like you said, you had a quite question.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, ta- I, you know, working in sales and working in media with weekend or back in the day and then for the radio stations, I, I got to work with a lot of restaurant owners and um, Vinny at the V spot was one of them. And, you know, I don't know if you know Vinny or not, but he was, he's always like uh, the glasses half full kind of guy and like, there's never, he's never like down and out ever, ever, ever. And he's said the same thing you're saying. Like he's like the V Spot, you know. It's it's a you know beer drinking, shot drinking rock club, rock club. Yeah. And he's just like he was like a shell of himself. Like I didn't know that person. And it's really interesting to think about the um, the mental health issues that this has has caused. You know, business owners and restaurant owners and bar owners, and and we kind of touched on it. Just like you're in a place that you don't even know anymore a place that you spend five years at a, sp- a, sp- a space that you love and it's just different. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's not, well, it's getting better, but it's yes. definitely
1: not different for yeah. the better, you know, it's, it's but we're getting there. We're certainly getting there. So yeah, that's kind of the clip the notes version, you know, of, of how I got to where I am. But you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, been a blur these five years at Bar Pazzo, To be honest, you know, like, a lot of people, a lot of great people, have you know come and gone, and uh, you know, a lot of you know built built a great clientele and, and you know countless events. And but I feel like we're in the right direction now. So, you
0: know. yeah, I feel and I feel like we just came kind of for full circle here. That's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, but talk a little bit about. I mean, you know, Bar Pazzo is not just a place where people come to eat. I think you're doing Different events. I think you do like a third Thursday event. Uh, yeah, and that was menus and
1: sure. So, so that was kind of like a um, I don't know, like a you know, what, after spending ten years in a club, you know, you're always trying to think of things to do to drum up more business with the same people, right? You got all these five hundred members, and that's all you have. You know? So you're always trying to you know reinvent things. So I kind of applied that mindset here all right, let's, let's do a pop-up here in our own restaurant, you know, every third Thursday and let's turn the place into something completely different. The music's different. The uniforms are different. Obviously the menu is different um, because that's the stuff I did there that the public never got to see. So um, started doing a couple of those and it got, it built some momentum and, and it turns out the staff loves it. You know, you know, the cooks don't love it as much, <laughs> but, you, know, you know, cause they're, you know, Trying to think about what I'm thinking about in one day, and, and uh, but um, I'd like to get back to doing those. I mean, we haven't really pulled the plug on anything like that. I just kind of I feel like we're still a couple months away from you know trying to you know because there's a lot of work that goes into it, you know, um, and it's not even that much of a money maker by the time you switch your whole system like the one we did. I mean, we have did Calis Thursdays, but the one for example we turned it into. I don't know if you remember a restaurant in Pittston called the Nook, right? This is going, heard going back it. and heard, heard of it, right? Because it. yeah. it's not even there. It's probably knocked down. There. We're talking like the probably seventies, right? So I've, I've, I managed to get my hands on an old menu from the Nook and I said, i want to reinvent the Nook, which was basically a fish house. So we were doing like, you know, Cajun fish and steamed clams and oysters and the half shells bringing all that inventory. And, you know, it was a sellout. It was completely, uh, success and then a couple of the other ones you know some of the ones that really take off are the pop culture ones like we did the trailer park boys mm-hmm. um we did we turned the restaurant into like a i don't know we're like with the characters like you know you know the garbage food and stuff like that yeah. we did a, di- a diner nights you know based on um pop culture the actors trying to get creative you know with things like that so there are some of the things we were doing um also you know like some fun wine dinners um, you know, for people that enjoy that kind of thing, uh, the brunches were fun, uh, you know, obviously first Fridays, you know, try to support the local music scene by getting, you know, some performers in here, uh, you know, growing up, my, I grew up in a family of, you know, musicians. My sister was a singer for a lot of years. You no, know, my dad was a drummer from the old days. My, you know, both drum, brothers drummed. So, you know, I was probably at a lot of the same shows you were at through the years. Probably. Yeah. You know, so. You know, a vast appreciation for music. So I'm friends with a lot of these guys. So I'll try to, you know, support them as well. So yeah, I think we're in the right direction now. I think we, you know, start getting back to some of that. Stuff. So, you know, I think I think the community is looking for it too. You know,
0: and I'd have to assume that that would probably gain a lot of. Uh, you said it wasn't a big moneymaker, but I would have to assume that's probably a way to uh, at least get the interest of new customers. By doing those yes. things, right? yes, it keeps it, it keeps you relevant. It keeps it's yeah. you know for me
1: that's the most important. thing. Um, I like to step outside my comfort zone, as well. and then that's you know that's how I've always been. You know, um, and force myself to learn different cuisines or learn different techniques, and, and really love doing it. It's like my favorite thing. So, um, it's more about that. It's more about all right, look at our doing something really different. It's exciting you know, turn the whole restaurant into a, um, you know, you know, whatever, just, you know, you know, change the music, change the decor, change the uniforms, Um, like a food truck night, you know, know, anything, you know, but it's, for me personally, it always has to be about the food. There's a lot of gimmicks you could do, but when it, for me, I've always keep the food as the number one focus. So, you know, we're doing you know, diner night. It's going to be about the food. We're doing, you know, we did a theme baseball theme night. It was all about. I think we showcased twelve different uh, major league stadiums and what they're known for. Try to replicate those. Those, uh, you know, like what you like ballpark food. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, the church bazaar was insane. I mean, I made I must have made five hundred pierogies and I sold them out by seven o'clock. Wow. You know, yeah, like so. You know, it's you know, it's still, the the things like that you're saying, you know, like to keep it relevant, keep it fun. Um, and like you said, you know, if someone's going to notice that maybe show, show up and I'm like, oh, I, gotta, I have to come back here
0: on a normal night. Yeah. So, yeah. It is. It certainly has its benefits. And you were, you were saying that, um, you know, it's, it's people that come in in suits and people that come in before shows. And I, I cover two of those bases. I was, I was, I had lunch at your place during the work hours and I was in a, a suit and tie I was at your place when I was going to uh, a men's show for the, the holiday show they used to do up at the cultural center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one thing I noticed when I was there were the pizza ovens. And I have to believe that, you know, th- those things that you don't just walk into to Lowe's or a restaurant depot no. and say, I want, I want that. So, I mean, what's the story behind those?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that was the concept. We were, we, were, we really wanted to have that to be the, Centerpiece. Yeah. Uh, it, our puzzle is actually two spaces. Like if you okay. see here, these these columns here. Mm-hmm.
0: There's
1: nine of them. So when we when we were trying to draw out the place, I, I remember we we're trying to draw out just one space. I uh, just couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure out the because this building is obviously really old. Um, you know, dynamic of it where the electrical is, all the, all the mechanicals. You know, there's you're you're at the mercy of that when you're drawing out a restaurant. Uh, you know, figure that out first before you start putting things. So, initially, I, I I remember we were trying to go along this wall for the bar and so. But anyway, pizza ovens ended up back here. Let's see, kind of see a little bit where the lights are. But so that was a whole production, man. So these these ovens are manufactured in Italy, and then uh, they're brought to San Francisco. And there's a company called Artisanal Pizza Solutions who we were dealing with who that point turns them into what you want. You could pick the style of oven. This is a Muyani oven. So this is more of a, um, so these ovens are geared for Neapolitan pizza, right? So um, the Muyani has a little bit of a higher roof, right? So it gives you a little bit more, I guess, uh, f- a freedom to make maybe different styles of pizza. It's not just, you're not just one and done with like true Neapolitan pizza because I don't know if we ever had true Neapolitan pizza, but we felt it wasn't gonna fly here, right? True Neapolitan pizza is, you know, 100% double O flour, uh, San Marzano tomato, uh, mozzarella di buffalo, and basil, olive oil, that's it. But it's cooked at 900 degrees. And the end result is just super puffy, light, soft pizza in Naples. It's very rarely even cut by pieces coming from, you know, Pittston and no one, pizza. I mean, no one has more pizza than us, right? Right. So, so well, how do we take that, make it a Neo-inspired pizza? But put like a little bit more of a screen swing on it. So the Muyani oven is one of those ovens that enables you to maybe burn at a lower temperature. and creates a slightly crispier crust and the cheese is slightly more melted. Make it more of an NEPA-friendly, Neapolitan-inspired. That's the oven we went with, um, company tiles. It, um, makes it your own. So we wanted the fire engine, red tile, our puzzle logo we're loaded up on a uh, tractor trailer and they're taken across the country via yeah, 18 wheeler. And that was a big day here for us when they shut down the streets and here comes these ovens coming Damn, in. Yeah. A team of, uh, people waiting and the four cliffs waiting. They were in here before anything else. I mean. Take those out here now. It would be some massive destruction. <laughs> it would crush the floor, and you'd have to take out some of these, these bars to get it out. So, oh, you know, yeah, big, big, big time. And then the chimney up the side of the building is a whole other story. But right, you know, you know.
0: yeah, it's so, wild. Yeah, it's wild. It's a pretty cool story for sure. Well, Barpazo must live on. We can't. We can't be without Bar pazzo I mean, that's no, no. That's I'm, what... I'm, I'm I'm not going to let that happen. Good. Good. Yeah. My wife raised by your place. Like she was just there maybe a month ago. Um, she, uh, she said the, the pistachio uh, gelato was the best she's ever had. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's, I love it. I mean, I, cooking Italian food to me is, is, it's come so natural and, and it's, you know, it's so romantic. Everybody, I mean, how do you not like Italian food, right? If it's done yeah. properly, you know, absolutely. You know, and, and yeah, we might have a lot of things on the menu you don't understand. However, you could come right. here and you could get a margarita pizza, which everybody understands. Right. You could also get a pistachio gelato, which everybody understands. You're right. You're a happy person. So, you know, we're trying to, trying to find that niche. So for me, I like to get, you know, early season, late season menu changes and try to plug in four or five things that, you know, that, you know, keeps everything fresh and exciting. But we also have our signature dishes here that have been here since the beginning that, man, they sell like crazy. Our yeah. Spanish octopus, uh, honey whipped ricotta, obviously some of the pizzas, you know, so you know, it's, it's,
0: it's nice to be able to create that and have, you know, that foundation. Right. And I, I can't let you go before discussing, I, I see, um, on social media, at least, uh, cooking classes that you do is, is... yeah yeah i'm glad you brought that up actually um, yeah so talk a little bit about that but is is that something that kind of uh came as a result of the pandemic so that way you could you know actually
1: of... no actually no
0: like okay no,
1: um i was just talking to my brother about this too that you know i should have been more uh, i you know i wasn't there my, my mindset wasn't there during the pandemic you know like the excitement wasn't there but that's the time to be I should have been doing those kind of Zoom classes, but it just wasn't meant to be. However, back at Glenmora, because of the nature of a private club, it's very, it's very seasonal. There's a lot of seasonality that goes to So You're doing a year's worth of business from Easter until Halloween, right? And you're packing it in. there. You're working nine in the morning to close six days a week and, and whatever other stuff they could throw at you, Monday tournaments or whatever. But it allows you to re, reboot in um, November December January February kind of March you're kind of being a father again being a husband again significant whatever you know you're, you're getting back on track a little bit so at during those months those shoulder months I thought you know I could do some side hustle here thought some in-home cooking classes it, t- it took off it was a lot of work but it took off I you know I was you know, kind of roughing it, just loading stuff up in a in truck and taking it to somebody's house and teaching them, you know, they got to pick online what they wanted to learn. And, you know, you, you, you come there with the whole, you know, the whole deal, the food, the pots, the pans. So when Bar Pazzo came along, I thought, I love that so much. It was so fun. You know, for me, teaching not only here at the restaurant, but teaching, you know, just the, res- the residential cooks, you know, so much fun. So, um... I started to do them here on Sunday nights after brunch, and it took off. You know, especially the pasta classes because um, it's something you could do with a family member. You know, significant other. You know, father daughter. You know, you know, whatever. And um, I would get groups, and people made a night out of it. and We made pasta together, and you know, learn maybe a little bit about some sauces and you know, stuffed pastas, gnocchis. You know, all scratch made. And it's basically a four-hour commitment, but I mean you leave here, you're learning you know how to make pasta, one thousand percent. And the people that have taken the class, you know, I'm still in touch with and they'll send me pictures of what they make or they'll post it online and tag me. And it's, it's really cool. Um, but since you know pandemic, I did, I've done some Zoom classes and things like that for friends. Um, but I I can't wait to get back into doing the in-person classes and having people here um, because that's that's so much fun, and, and not just pasta. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna think up some other things. You know, it's this time of year is a little bit rough because you know people are cooking out and vacations. But sure. look for those. Yeah. Look for look for those because you know I really enjoy it. Um, it's a big part of what I do, um, and it allows me not only to maybe teach you something, but it's cool. You're in you're in Barpazo, yeah. You're behind the scenes. You're using our equipment. You know and. and
0: well, when you do the the pasta one again, let me know. You have my number now, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I, I I love pasta. Like I'm, I'm a glutton. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like it's disgusting how bad I am, <laughs> but <laughs> and, and I, I won't stop eating it. Like it'll be way too much for me to finish, uh, but I do anyways because I'm disgusting. But uh, yeah, I love it. If it's good. Just eat it. I love it. it. And then the I next was, day, just don't eat the next day. Well, I always say, I'm like, this is <laughs> not going to taste as good tomorrow. I gotta finish yeah. it now. But yeah, for sure. That yeah, the be... cooking
1: cooking classes are great. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and, and uh, we're actually going to be doing a I don't know if this will air before then, but we're actually doing a Tuscan wine dinner on June 17th here, um, Bar Piazza, which I'm excited about. Kind of reinvent Tuscany here a
0: little bit, not only the foods but some of the wines that we're bringing in. So excited about that as well. Cool. And I mentioned the 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 very beginning of the show we were talking about wine, um, and I found out that you are a first level. Yeah, yeah. Sommelier. Sommelier. So yeah. So I didn't know what the, that. The, I didn't know what that was. I'm like, what
1: is that? Yeah. It's 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 basically a credential you get for for understanding not only wines but the practices of you know the grapes, the growing of the grapes, the culture and the history. And to me, that's so interesting. And I'm, I'm actually mad I took this long to do it because I've always been, you know, into wine. You know, there's such a story behind it. You know? It's not just what's in the bottle. It's how, to, how did it get there, you know? And, you know, I went to Italy with Sam and, and uh, Freddie Magnata, who we, who's our importer. Um, I think it was 2016, like right after the restaurant opened. It really made me seeing, seeing that culture and being in those wineries and being in those fields and seeing the practices. It may, it, there's more to it than just you know having a glass of wine. Like, there's so much that happens to get that product in the bottle and to get it here in the United States. It's just mind blowing sometimes. So it really, I, I really gravitated towards that and wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. So it's become it's become like my hobby too. Like to, um, all right, I'm gonna create this you know this say this this rustic dish of you know you know maybe it's a pate or. Something. Okay, what would pair with that perfectly? So it's right. just like a personal thing, you know. And you know, and it's it's nice to have diverse wines here for our guests and organic wines. But yeah, for me, it's more of a hobby. And and you know, I love teaching the staff about it. And yeah, it's 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 super cool. You know, think about. I mean, the wine's been with us since the beginning of time.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have to admit, I'm more of a beer guy than I'm a wine guy. But yeah, I'll... yeah. Again, I was excited. I was telling my wife, I'm like, "Hey, I'm I'm talking to, to John Tabone tonight from Bar Pazzo. and she's like, "Oh my God! Make sure you tell him, you know, this, that, the thing." I'm yeah. like, "Did you that's know cool. that he's this like, you know, this in this world, so sommelier?" And she's like, "Yeah." I said, "I don't know what that is." She's like, "Oh, that's a you know what you just said." I'm like, "How did how did you know this?" But she's yeah. she's like she likes wine. Yeah, cool, cool. We bring, bring her to one of the wine events that we
1: do. We plan on doing some more of those, and not just exclusive sit down dinners, but like. Um, you know, just more casual, you know, just having, you know, maybe Freddie going around to the tables, and, you know, sampling wines. And we're going to bring wines, you know, we used to do a, a wine sampler where you would be able to taste some of our wines at discounted price. Um, So I think that's in the near future too, to start bringing back. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's certainly interesting for sure. And to think yeah. about, you know, Kings and Queens and old world and, you know, all these little, you know, the history
0: you know about france and where it started italy i, I could go on and on don't get me down <laughs> these rabbit holes <laughs> you know i would try to but like i would yeah, be the man. worst person to talk to you about that yeah. so i'm going to cut you off there. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah let it be let it let it ride
0: out no yeah, offense i mean I, I should probably listen to you i can learn thing there too but uh i'm probably the wrong person to talk to you about that yeah, I, yeah no i just i could i'll ramble about <laughs> you know, like, that's cool though so i mean you know, it's June, uh, halfway, well, almost halfway through the year. We're we're just halfway through June. Um, you know, what, what if anything can people expect from bar Pazo this year, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, people are getting vaccinated, masks are being dropped. And I think we're going to open up, uh, either, you know, when the, when the, uh, where the population is at 70% vaccinated or yeah. June 28th, whatever comes first. Um, what are your plans this year for Bar Paza? Oh,
1: well, my, my, my goals right now are short term. Okay. Uh, to be honest, my, my that's goals fair. right now. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, my short term goals is let's get this place open to capacity. Okay. Fair enough. Then once we could do that, let's add a service, you know, let's add a Tuesday night, you know? Um, so that's kind of the short term goals in the, the long term, um, for me personally, internally is to Restructure our staff and make sure we have the right people that are committed to represent the mission. And you know, from there, I'd like to continue to pick up the momentum from where from right prior to the, the, the pandemic that we had, which was we were on fire. You know, it was, we had a lot of momentum, and yeah. uh, you know, so that's uh, the short term. Like, try let's try to get back to where we were, and then from there, you know, I'm you know i'm always i'm always researching and i'm always looking to do you know stay on trend and you know do my own thing as well you know like uh, continue to you know research and you know develop and then you know put it through the the, the the rigorous you know process of all right menu development and then maybe you know the customer gets that uh, eventually um it's like, you know, it's all about the menu, John, you know, it's like writing yeah. a song, you know, you yeah. gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. So,
0: yeah. And speaking of that, thank you for doing this. I My show is primarily focused on music. I built, but I built this platform to kind of highlight and allow people, people like you uh, to talk about what I they're doing. People, yeah, people I appreciate from, it. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I, I yeah, thank it, you. It's, it's a little out of my comfort zone. I, like I said, I, I kind of stick to the, the music, but I definitely wanted to build this platform. You know, to to highlight the area and people doing great things. So, you know, congrats on five years. I mean, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. had a year of of hell uh, to to fulfill. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody did. You know, yeah, you but, know, uh, any
1: anybody in small business really did. You
0: know? But yeah, best of luck. And I mean, where Appreciate can people it. find you online?
1: All right. So for the most part, we're, you know, we're not really doing Twitter yet, but we're on Instagram, Bar Pazzo. Um, my personal Instagram is Instinctive Cook. You know, um, I post both uh, on both of those. Facebook, Bar Pazzo. Um, I also have my own personal page, Instinctive Cook, on, on Facebook as well. So if you follow both of those, you'll, you'll be up to speed on, on anything and everything that we're doing here at the restaurant for sure.
0: Gotcha. And Bar Pazzo is open currently Wednesday through Saturday, four to ten.
1: Four to ten. I'm sorry, Wednesday through Thursday, four to nine. Okay. Friday and Saturday, four to ten. And right now, it's primarily reservations. I mean, we won't turn you down if you walk in. However, you know, expect you know, if you do come, and you know, you might have to wait a minute or so, or you know, a brief small amount. We also have pizza bar seating that we do not take reservations for. So. And that's always a fun situation especially if you have kids they love sitting there um, now our bars starting to gradually get open so there's you know for solo diners it's a great place to kind of post up and have have a bite to eat too so yeah yeah so give us a call um, and and uh, you know our private dining is we're booking that out our pr- holds 12 to 14 people and so we're kind of booking that out you know twice sometimes three times a night um, you know with the reservations you know, dictate that. So yeah, look for
0: us on uh, on those platforms and check us out. Very cool. Well, thanks again for doing this. Wishing nothing but the best of luck, Charlie. Thank you, my man. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate All right, it. All yep. right. See ya. See ya.